have this, this now our second week of the series on hell. Some people are back. Other people aren't. I did not have anybody say this week, well, I'm not coming to church because you're preaching on hell. I just, everybody just got sick, I guess, this week. So, um, and I know it's a topic that we don't like to talk about very much, do we? Oh, let's talk about all the good stuff in, in the Bible, but we are going to talk about it again today. And one of the tragic facts revealed by Jesus himself is that the majority of the human race will spend eternity in hell. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me this morning to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. Very familiar passage to some of us. Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. It is my intent this morning to motivate each one of us to be among the few who find life and avoid the destruction of hell that many will find. And I want to try to accomplish this task by bringing our minds to the horrors of hell. If you remember last Sunday, we said that the Bible teaches that hell was not originally made for people. It was a place that God had prepared for Satan and his demons that followed him. Speaking of his own work on Judgment Day, Jesus says of himself in Matthew 25, and we read this last week. Then he will also say to those on his left, depart from me. You who are cursed into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. This morning, I want us to look at four things that Jesus reveals about hell. First, hell is like a prison. One of the clearest pictures Jesus gave of hell was when he described it as a prison. In Matthew chapter 18, Jesus tells the parable about the unmerciful servant who was sent to jail for wicked behavior. Jesus was saying that going to hell was like being cast into prison. As you know, I have visited, at least maybe some of you know, that I have visited different ones in jail and have communicated with a number of inmates in jail. And every one of them that I've talked to or they have written to me, their hope is of getting out soon. And oftentimes the hope of getting out was the only thing that kept them going while they were in that cell. The late Chuck Colson tells the story of a man named Danny. Danny had been a fighter and he was in prison for murdering a man called John Gilbert. Gilbert. 
And while in prison, someone gave Daniel a Bible and he read it and he found himself being attracted to this Jesus he was reading about. And the more Danny felt drawn to Jesus, the more he saw himself in a new light. He was used to comparing himself to the guy who sat on the next bar stool. And that way he usually didn't look as bad as he felt. But when he compared himself to Jesus, he started to feel afraid. This Jesus who never raised his fist scared him as nobody else ever had or could. He read the passage in Matthew chapter 8 where it talks about people being cast into outer darkness and where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Danny knew something about darkness. Lying on his bunk at night, Danny began to review his whole life, horrified by the person he had become. He saw himself living for that next drink, that next heroin party. He saw himself using women. His last girlfriend had been good to him, but he would have thrown her away for that next quarter ounce of cocaine. That next Sunday, when the guard called out for people who wanted to be let out of their cells to attend chapel, Danny shouted, cell number 16. But Danny sat like a stone through the whole service, hearing very little that day. He was there to ask a question. Afterwards, he approached Chaplain Bob and asked him if the passage he had read in Matthew chapter 8 about outer darkness was really about hell. Yes, said Chaplain Bob. Then I'm in big trouble, Danny said. Chaplain Bob said, well, when you go back to your cell, get on your knees by your bunk. Confess your sins to God and pray for Jesus Christ to come into your heart. And Danny did just that. In his cell, he knelt there. He confessed that he was a sinner. He asked Jesus to be his Lord and his Savior. And as he was praying, he kept remembering horrible things he had done. And those memories brought back that pain and that eagerness to be forgiven. Talking to God seemed like carrying on a conversation with someone he had missed all along without even knowing it. Danny said he could almost hear God replying through the silence that echoed his sorrow and it embraced it. Danny not only heard, but he felt understood and received what God had for him. Eventually, Danny was released from prison, got married and had a few children. He graduated from Wheaton College in Illinois and soon began to work with troubled kids in the Boston area. And that's when he was offered the job. As a prison chaplain. Danny had said many times I had been very far from the father. But turned my life around and began to work in my father's vineyard now. What a great story about a man named Danny. But for those who have been condemned to hell by their own choosing. They won't be able to get out of hell. For once a person is in hell, they're there for good. And once they are there, there are no other chances. For hell is a place without hope. When the Lord locks the doors of hell, they're going to be locked for eternity. For Jesus said in Revelation chapter 3, These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. 
Hell is a prison from which no one is released and from which no one can escape. It is a place without hope. Hell is the ultimate darkness. Have you ever been to a very dark place? So dark that you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. I remember while we, as being a kid, one of our family vacations that we took, we didn't take a whole lot of them. But we as kids, we visit Carlsbad Caverns in New Mexico on our way to um, another place in New Mexico. And there they offer the tours in the caves. And all of us went there on these tours. And it was awesome to see the beauty and the colorful, colorful stalactites and stalagmites and know what those are. But then we reached into the deeper interior of the big room. They call it in one of those caves and they turn out the lights in that cave for a moment and asked us if we could see our hands in front of our faces and needless to say, we couldn't see anything. It was pitch black. It was utter darkness. It was a little unsettling. And we were quite happy when they turned those lights back on. For then we were able to see what was there. And Jesus himself says in Matthew chapter 8, But those who have fiend or faked their faith will be cast into outer darkness. You won't be able to see your hands in front of your face. You won't be able to see someone if they're next to you. In Matthew chapter 22, the parable of the marriage feast, Jesus says, but when the king came to meet the guest, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. Friend, he asked, how is it that you are here without wedding clothes? And the man had no reply. Then the king said to his aides, bind him hand and foot and throw him into outer darkness. In Matthew 25 is a parable of the talents. We see the three servants who are giving those talents. And when the king returns from his journey, he talks to each of the servants to report what they had done in their talent. The first two did very well, but that third one, Jesus says, throw the worthless servants outside into outer darkness. Jesus didn't, didn't simply describe hell as darkness, but darkness implying that it is infinitely worse than any physical, moral, mental, or spiritual darkness than any person on earth has ever experienced. It's not just darkness, it's outer darkness. The darkest of all. Just think what it would be like, just for a moment, to live in utter darkness forever. Never again to see light. Never again to see anything ever again. No wonder it says that there will also be weeping and gnashing of teeth in utter darkness. Hell is like a prison. Hell is ultimate outer darkness. And third, hell is a burning garbage dump. If you remember last week, I mentioned that Greek word for hell is Hades. And there's also another Greek word for hell that Jesus uses over and over. It's the Greek word Guiana. 
And Guiana was a term that people would be familiar with in Jesus' day. And it was a name of that waste dump outside the city of Jerusalem, probably where that beggar that we talked about last week was dumped. This tells us of who will inhabit hell. We already said that hell is to be eternal dwelling place of Satan and his demons. And those who choose to go to hell will share the company of the most wicked evil that have ever lived on this earth. And these wicked evil people are not exactly the best group of people we want to be rubbing elbows with forever and ever. But it's not just the wicked people either. It's going to be people who come to church faithfully every Sunday. It's people who we see in the grocery store. It's people who've been faking their relationship with Jesus. Who do all the right things, but that personal relationship with Jesus is not there on a daily basis. I talked to someone this week who has worked out in a dump before. And they said that the dump where they were was filled with items that were dirty, items that were past being dirty. They were filthy items. And not just dirty and filthy. But there was a smell that you couldn't get away from. Starting to get a picture of what hell is going to be like. It's a place I don't want to go. And I'm glad because of Jesus. I'm not going. Fourth, hell is a burning fire. The main thought Jesus wanted to let let us know is that when he said hell is a continuous fire, it burns day and night. There was always fire, always smoke billowing from this horrid, stinking place. And Jesus says in Mark chapter 9 that hell is an unquenchable fire where their worms does not die and the fire is not quenched. Here Jesus is trying to tell us about the agony of hell. He brings this horrible picture before us of worms gnawing on a body without end. And then he says that the fire that burns is never quenched, that it never goes out. It just keeps burning and burning and torturing individuals all forever. In Revelation chapter 20, John tells us that the devil, Satan, was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone. And they will be tormented day and night Forever and ever. But church, it's not just Satan and those false teachers, the false prophets. For Verse 15 of Revelation 20 says that everyone whose name could not be found among the names written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. So the question we all must answer this morning before we leave here in just a few moments Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? A student had an assignment and wrote this for their assignment in school. They said, I went to my classroom ready for another year at school. I didn't want the work. I just wanted to hang out and be cool. 
I had on my new clothes, my new sneaks on my feet. I was there for class on time. I went straight to the back and took my seat. Yeah, I'm moving up. I'm already almost grown. Soon I'll be graduating and out on my own. I talked to some of my friends. We were having so much fun. I know I said some things I shouldn't have said. I know I did some stuff I shouldn't have done. I knew at one time I was different. I had felt God touch my heart. I was taught that I should live up to the standard, but then I'd be set apart from my friends, and I didn't want that. I wanted to be like my friends. So I chose to be like my friends. Walking to the bus, I was looking for something to help me make it through my day. I heard the car tires screeching, but now it's too late. I'm standing in this room and I can't see and I can see that heavenly gate I've heard so much about. Oh, no, I haven't prayed in such a long time. I thought I had time to get straight. An angel walked to me. He had a book in his hand. I knew it was a book, the book of life. When would this dream end? I told him my name and He began to look. Then he looked at me sadly and said, your name is not in this book. Angel, this has to be a dream. No, I can't be dead. He closed the book and turned away and he whispered, you cannot proceed ahead. No, no, this can't be real. Angel, you can't turn me away. Please let me talk to God. Maybe he'll let me stay. He led me to the gate. Jesus came to me. He didn't let me in, but he said, beloved, what is your need? Jesus, I cried, please don't cast me away from you. Tears ran down his face as he said, you knew what you needed to do. Lord, please, I'm young. I never thought I would die. I thought I'd have plenty of time. Death caught me by surprise. Jesus, I went to church. Please, Jesus, I believe. He said you would not, you would not accept me then. My love you would not receive. Jesus, there are way too many hypocrites at my church. They weren't being true. He took a step back and asked, what does that have to do with you? Jesus, my family claimed to be saved. He said, I died for you. Now I have to go. I fell to my knees crying to him. Jesus, I plan to be real tomorrow. I couldn't make him understand. I had never felt such sorrow. Then it hit me hard. I said, Jesus, where will I go? He looked into my eyes and said, my child, you already know. Please, Jesus, I begged this place. It's going to be so hot. It seemed so trouble and grieved him. He whispered, depart from me. I know you not. Jesus, you're supposed to be love. How can you send me to hell? 
He replied, with your mouth, you said you love me. But each day you rejected my way. With that, in an instant, day turned into night. I never knew such torture could be. Now it's too late. I know the Bible's right. If I could tell you anything, hell has no age. It is a place of torture, separated from God and full of rage. You know, I thought it was a joke. But this one thing is true. If you never accept Jesus Christ, hell is waiting for you. Hell is like a prison. Hell is outer darkness. Hell is a burning garbage dump and hell is a burning fire. Hell is for eternity. But the question we must answer this morning. Is our names written in the Lamb's book of life? Because if our name is written in the Lamb's book of life, we don't have to worry about hell because heaven is our home. Where's your home this morning? Do you know without a shadow of a doubt this morning that heaven is our home? It's not an I think so or I hope so. We can know because what Jesus did on the cross. Would you stand this morning? This is your time now. To listen to God. Or maybe this morning you need to come to the front. You can do it where you stand, where you sit. But we must make heaven our home. We must make heaven our home today. Let's pray. Father. As we stand here in the quietness. We ask this morning that you would continue to speak to us. For Lord, you know all about us. You know right now where our heart is. You know if we are, if our name is written in the Lamb's book of life or not. Lord, we ask that you would give us assurance this morning. You would give us that peace that passes all understanding that we can know this morning. That our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. But Lord, if we know that our our name is not there. We know it's not written in the Lamb's book of life. Then hell is our home. Hell is where we are going. Hell is where we are now. Lord. 
Lord, I pray that if there's anybody here within the sound of my voice that has not made heaven their home, that we would pray the prayer that David prayed, search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there be any wicked way in me. Cast me not away from your presence, O God. But bring me into life everlasting. For Lord, if just one today. Praise the prayer of forgiveness. Then the host of angels glorify and praise the name of the Lord. And we too here will celebrate that one who is lost, one who is bound for hell, is now has their name written in the book of life. So, Lord, I pray this morning. That our hearts are pure. Our hearts are clean. In your eyes, oh God. Lord, thank you for our time together this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth of your word. And Lord, as we leave today, may we leave knowing and believing that our names are written in the book of life. And may we live like that this week, knowing that our name is written in the book of life. So we have joy and peace and love from the Father. Go with us now, Lord. Wherever our feet may take us, may you be with us each step of the way. In Christ's name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.